Welcome to DNA Hack, the podcast. This is your host, Lufe Torres. You're listening DNA Hack, episode number three, longevity and the secret to living to 100 years. Hi everybody, in this episode number three, I want to talk about a topic that has been trendy I would say for the last years. People have become more aware of how to live longer, but also how to live in a healthier way. I think a lot of you listening, you're wondering how it's going to be your next 10 years of age, 20, 30, maybe 40, and maybe how will be your state. You haven't not asked yourself about these questions. It's totally fine. And not a lot of people are asking themselves how I'm going to look like. But at some point we're going to age. And my approach to this is I want you to become the best version of yourself when you're aging. And you're tuned to be self-sufficient. That is what I preach in my gym at least. Now for my side, I have discovered that there's no any secret. And I'm going to explain this episode about that. Sometimes the simplicity is where we can find this um, secret of the youth, when I call it like that, the elixir of youth. And you're going to see people with over 100 years old, which we call the centenarians around the world. They live a simple life. Nothing fancy, nothing special, nothing extreme. And that is what I want to present to you guys. I want to expose in this episode. So let's backtrack a little bit. I want to separate this conversation in three different aspects. The as- the first aspect is the cultural. I Like you already know, I came to the United States year, eight years ago. And I was in my late 20s at that point. So I, I was feeling healthy as usual. Uh, I never had uh, any issue. But then the third hit, right? Uh, physiologically talking, a lot of change happening, but let's focus on the cultural. In my culture, or at least in my root family, we are not used to go to doctors, we don't have medical insurance, uh, we need to really like follow the advice of the grandma when you are sick and just use very rudimentary ways to get better. And when we get sick, it's just almost part of life. So we don't have very um, dangerous diseases going on. So you think that's normal. So a cultural shock was for me to come here to stay and just for the healthy insurance side, kind of like showed me a little bit that you need to be paying monthly, yearly, because you know that you're going to get sick, Right. That was very interesting, Um, and I'm not trying to play superhero here because I have talked to my wife many 
times about this. Uh, I don't have personally health insurance. Uh, but it's not because I want to go against the system or whatever. It's just in my DNA, in my root, in my culture, the getting sick is not an issue. It's almost like when you're going to get sick for real, it's because you're going to die. <laughs> Before that happened, you have many chances that part of life you're going to get better. And if it's some, because something you did wrong and you can kind of like pinpoint the origin of the issue. But in the American society, almost like we take for granted that we are sick people, that we need medical attention daily, monthly, weekly, etc., etc. So that cultivates me because you're putting your brain right in a state that, that by definition as a human being, you are sick and you are going to be sick most of the time that you are not sick. So wellness in this portion uh, is almost just being ready to go to doctors, uh, consume pills, commit medication, because you cannot pinpoint the root of your problem. And I think this is a major problem, even your issue. We take it very basic and maybe too soft, but what is really happening, you are taking away the responsibility to realize what is the root of the problem that you're having. Sometimes, yes, you need professional advice, for sure. But what I see and what I have seen since eight years ago is like people are not aware what is happening. They're not conscious about their bodies, about their feelings, about the healthy state or not healthy state. So I think for one side is giving all the responsibility, the accountability to another person. And I think that is where we, oh, I personally find a problem because you should be the first doctor. You should be the first person to say, you know what, today I feel good. Today I don't feel so good. Maybe something that I did yesterday or one week ago or some repercussions on my dieting lately or some repercussion of my life that have been so inactive, uh, etc., etc. But that put you in another parameter. And just to be clear here, I'm not talking about accidents, genetical diseases, really things that are of your control, are of our control, right? And of course, we need to seek professional help, professional understanding, research, etc., etc. I'm talking about the daily life and where you are trying to understand why you feel like that because of something that you have done or something that your body has been exposed. Those consequences, those repercussions, you should be the first one to be aware and to understand what is happening in your body. So you need to be in control. And here's where one of the biggest problems arise. Instead of finding those answers in ourselves, trying to figure out why our bodies act like they act, different days, different weeks, different periods, we try to find the answers in the external world. Either a new diet, a new personality from Hollywood living a 
a strange lifestyle that we need to copy um, pharmaceuticals giving you a new pill a new product in a television that is going to change your life the new plastic surgery to just make you feel healthier and younger but in reality inside you are the same person and you need to work on yourself etc etc this is just to name a few so that is one side of the cultural side the other side of the cultural side and this is what I can really can contrast with my root culture is living life with one let's say goal per day or living a slower life when you have many things going on in your day many activities many many social events you get a little bit lost and confused and you start losing perception of what is priorities in your life and I think that happened to me a lot in the first years uh, working here because I was used to this life more calm that you do a few things per day and never you go too off a track that you forgot who you are and what is good for your body what is good for your health and pretty much why you're here <laughs> it's a big topic and I, I know that it's not going to be answered in, in one episode of a podcast but the main issue here is that with so much noise you start losing perception of what is really matters for your life and what is not and don't get me wrong I have been working on this and I can say now that I am multi-functional human being worker workaholic if you want to call it like that but I have been working so much in that interior part of me in the last years that at the end of the day, even if I am finishing work at 8 p.m. and still working at 9 p.m., 10 p.m., when I go to bed, I can really distinguish what is really my priorities in terms of a human being on this planet and what is not. And if you just go back and just play with that dynamic and that exercise right away you're going to start feeling better and when I say better it's pretty much for the psychological part of take a stress out of your system and think about that the best for your body for your mind for your health is just focusing on those things that makes sense in your life makes sense from here to 20 to 30 40 years and how to feed that part of you if you feed the wrong part of yourself that part is going to grow if you feed the right part of yourself that part is going to grow too so it's at that point you decide what part of yourself you need to feed this reminds me a little bit of that story about the two wolves living within you and you need to feed them equally at some point because that's the only way that both are not going to fight and you are going to know what is good for you and that's what I'm saying here you want to take the noise out know what to do regarding of 
your responsibilities, your human responsibilities that we agree in this society, in this civilization we live, but also you need to feed that part of yourself that is real because that's the only way that you can see things clearly without the noise, without the distractions, and know what's really good for your body, for your family, for your aging process. So this is pretty much the second aspect, the psychological aspect. The first one, in summary, is the cultural aspect of how you present to the world, how your social and cultural development is going to influence the way or the direction that you approach the world. And that can change through the time. For good, for bad, is something that you need to be aware. But you extract some roots of your cultural development and you carry them for a long time until you realize that something that is affecting either positive or negative in your life. And you learn from that. You learn from your cultural, social development and you apply it when you need the most. So in my case, for example, after living in my culture for many years, I learned that I'm so attached to nature that it's something that calmed me down. And more than calm me down, bring me to my roots, bring me to the roots, give me the connection with nature, with the world, with the planet, and makes me just a general better human being. If it's something that, in my case, I don't like from my culture, it's the, the same time the other side, that... The American culture has is that you can be multifunctional, multi-working, multi multitask for a long time and you can do way more in one day. I have learned from that and I have now both sides stories. I have a place where I can go back to my roots and just take things slower and just focusing again without distractions. But the other side from my relation with American culture, I can say that I am very multitask and I can accomplish many, many things in a short period of time. Now, the psychological aspect is very powerful. Our mind is very powerful. The body responds to physical, mental or emotional pressure by releasing so many stress hormones, which of course are necessary for survival. But sometimes we don't need those hormone responses uh, those stressors, those um, adrenal fatigue response. When intense stress becomes long-term, for example, chronic, people can experience digestive problems, fertility problems, urinary problems, and just in general, a weakened immune system. So an interesting study from this psychologist from the University of Pennsylvania so he took around 800 million so tweets from Twitter and he analyzed those for demographics and he discovered that positive and negative tweets are related with heart diseases. So he could pinpoint more or less and determine what counties are likely to have more deaths from heart diseases. 
So the answer of that study was extremely evident that counties that were residents tweet including words like uh, related with hostility, aggression, hate, fatigue, or words such as asshole, jealous, and bore, has significantly higher rates of death from atherosclerotic heart diseases, including heart attacks and stroke. Conversely, where people's tweet reflected more positive emotions and engagement, heart diseases was less common. The tweet-based model even had more predictive power than other models based on traditional demographic, socioeconomic, and health risk factors. So I'm not telling you here to be Mr. Positive, a smiling person all day 24-7 at the point you're like being fake. No, it's not about that. It's about really controlling your thoughts and trying to prioritize those thoughts that are going to make you more healthy. One of my best cues actually when I coach people besides the whole technical aspect, I just tell people, including myself when I'm in, when I am an athlete, just to stay focused, to get concentration, to not get distracted. Those things I say with a meaningful way because there's so much noise over there. There's so much distraction that if you don't get in control of your own thoughts, then your body is going to start feeling the consequences of this negativity when it's time to think about what is important and what is not important for you. So in the last portion of this episode, I want to bring more science into the topic and I want to talk a little bit about the blue zones. If you don't know about the blue zones, these are just parts of the world where people live more than 100 years. And people who live there suffer a fraction of the common diseases that ails the rest of the world and they enjoy more years of good health. So all this research started with Dr. Gianni Pes. He has an incredible background. He started to study Sardinian longevity. Sardinian is a place in Italy in 1996 and was the first to report in 1999 on the exceptional longevity of the population living in the mountains of Sardinia. The region was later determined to be one of the original Blue Zone regions. Since 2000, he has been working in cooperation with so many demographers and he has been working with the focus on nutritional and lifestyle factors associated with a long life. So I'm going to give my opinion about these blue zones and also counter with American culture and what I can interpret from these this scientific studies. And the second one, how active, physically active people is in these zones. The first one, nutrition, is no more like eating products from the land that hasn't been alterated, that hasn't been artificially changed, and you have the tendency to eat these resources from your primal source. So here's where we find one of the biggest things with American culture, that it's not common to get products from the original source, and all the food, or most of the food that we get, is very altered 
artificially with some processing in the way that you get it from the stores, right? Now, the big thing here is that in this blue zone, and I can counter with my own culture when I was raised, we don't think as this luxury of having this GMO-free, artificial processed food is something that we live with that. I was raised just eating fish from the source. I was raised just eating fruit from the source. So then when it came to the States, you have all these stores that just almost like a luxury. And the American culture, your base is already broken. Your base is the fast food. Your base is the alternative artificial food. And then you go to this specific supernatural whole food big stores just to buy maybe once a week two times a week this is special food right and it's not like something bad but you are just focusing in the tip of the iceberg instead of covering the basic of the pyramid so in other words the american culture in terms of healthy nutrition we have an inverted pyramid we should be most of the time eating this non-genetically change food and only eating those food or fast food when we really have desire to or almost for a for pleasure but not like a base of our nutrition now the second thing very different that we do in the american culture that in the blue zones and some places that you have healthier people living longer they don't have this extreme diet either. They don't have any recognition of, I want to cut my carbs, or I'm not going to eat fats, or I'm not going to eat proteins. They just eat as they need. And it's something maybe related with topic number one when you talk about knowing yourself. Your body will tell you at some point what to eat. You just need to be able to listen to your body. So they're more connected with nature, but not connected with their bodies with the objects these they're connected with the others etc etc so i think that is linked into the second topic or the second big argument what i present to you today the psychologically so you have you have now these three aspects of how to live longer it's not one or the other it's everything interconnected so coming back to specifically the carbohydrates in the societies where you're more active, you're work walking, you're walking every day, you're climbing stairs, you're going to the beach, you're going to the mountains, etc. You need that fuel. In the American society, all this low-carb diet, ketogenic, has a lot of success. Not because it's healthy, it's because people are not active. And of course, you need extra carbs. You just need the necessary carbs to survive or accordingly with your activity level. It's not that the carb is the problem. You need to have this good, well-rounded diet between those three macronutrients. And you also need to be more active in order to use this fuel. And when we talk about being active, I'm not talking about gyms. I'm not talking about training for 30 minutes in a treadmill. No, I'm talking in the overall being active. The gym is part of training. 
or at least that's how I presented in my gym. It's just one hour or 30 minutes or I don't know, whatever time, part of your training and your learning process, how you apply in your real life. The real life should be functional in a 24-7 spectrum. And that is something so natural, at least for me, at least for my culture, what I have seen that is I really want to share with you today. By the way, I take a bunch of this episode and say hi to my grandmother. She's going to be turning 91. And that's another example. (laughs) My grandmother never was like an athlete or something special. She was just active, like eating good food, eating healthy, being happy, just focusing on what is important, her family, the same as, as my grandfather. But anyway, she's going to turn in 91 very soon so for me she's an idol and it's a great sample to follow so awesome episode awesome research about the blue zones but really is no more than coming back to the roots and some people will be more lucky to have all the environment ready for you all the all the environment ready to make all this happen but if you're very aware, if you're educated, you shouldn't have any problem to follow the same example. So my final thoughts are start little by little trying to change things in order to live like these people, which are not very different than you and I. It's just the environments make it easier. But we can practice day by day and then make this become a habit every day. Okay, listeners, that's everything I have for you today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And remember to follow us on Instagram, DNA Hacking, and also our gym page, OnePlusFit. I hope you are super healthy, super active, and any questions, send me to my personal email at lufe at oneplusfit.com. See you later.